0: Mm, oh, mm, mm. this is delicious. Mm, 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 oh, this pizza is incredible. <laughs> okay, come on, Larry. Mm. I'm sorry, guys. Gonna start the show here, but I am, mm, I am really enjoying this pizza. I'll get one more slice. Mm, mm, oh, okay, you guys enjoy the theme song while I finish this slice. Mmm. Okay, <laughs> sorry guys. Uh, you might have you might have heard me eating pizza at the top of the show. There, not sure if you caught that. I kind of I think I did a pretty good job of hiding that, but I was eating pizza just at the top of the show. There, I couldn't help myself. It was delicious. Oh boy, woohoo! You ever do that? You kind of get yourself going on a pizza, and then you say, "Hold on, buckle up. This one's good." This is a good pizza. I, I dove in on a, a beautiful large 12-inch pizza pie from Matissio's Pizza. A shout-out to them, because this was delicious, and a bit of an unusual one, actually. It was pepperoni tuna. So, kind of different, kind of a surf and turf, but with an Italian spin to it there. Uh, but it was delicious. Oh, boy. You, you kinda, you'd be surprised that those two things go together, but I guess, you know, when you put enough cheese on anything, it's gonna be good. <laughs> that was delicious. So, a shout out also to Griff Foxley, who is the uh, head pizza pie maker over at Matissio's Pizza uh, for that beautiful pizza you made. Wow, was it good? He calls it the tunaroni. And it, it lived up to that name tunaroni. Yes, ding dong. Hello. It kind of got me thinking about pizza, you know? And, and I got this book here. Ugh. It's called the Encyclopedia Pizza Tanica, and it's it's a great book of just kind of pizza-based facts, so... It just got me curious about what pizza is, so I'm going to thumb through this while you guys enjoy the show. If I find anything interesting, I'll share it. You know I will. So enjoy this first piece of audio because I got something good here. I dug deep and found a classic clip that I can't wait to share with you. It's from something called The Savage Beast. Enjoy!
1: You're listening to Taming the Savage Beast. Let's meet today's extreme wild animal trainer.
2: Savage. Hello, uh, my name is Percy Trimble and I am the Sloth Walker. Skip our resident sloth. And um, by sloth, I don't mean a a disinterested teen. Uh, I I mean a a brown-throated three-toe who travels at uh, a top speed of roughly about 10 to 12 feet per hour, and whose main diet is assorted leaves and vegetables. So every day, we start with uh, me rummaging around on the porch in a box of all kinds of uh, vegetables. They're not completely rotten, uh, but he, he just loves them, especially the cabbages. So I just grab one and throw it to the end of the driveway, and away he goes. There you go. Go get it. It takes him uh, roughly about an hour to get to the cabbage, and no doubt he's hungry when he starts. So by the time, you know, by the time he's there, let's just say I wouldn't want to get near him. I don't know if you've ever seen a sloth's claws up close, but you you don't want to see them. Well, here's a fun fact for you. If sloths were fast, they would be the most dangerous animal in the world. Savage. My my understanding is that a magician uh, had ordered, it was either a a snake or a tiger, uh, but instead they ended up receiving a sloth and I guess the sloth, it just uh, wasn't the right fit for his act. Uh, So Skip, he ended up in the uh, dumpster behind one of the venues the uh, magician was performing at, and uh, luckily, shortly after being thrown away, uh, a garbage truck driver uh, just happened to open up the lid of the dumpster, caught sight of Skip, uh, who I'm told the driver uh, believed was an alien, I'm not sure if he still believes he's an alien, but uh, the more important thing is that that driver was brave enough to extend a helping hand to a very sad sloth. And that changed everything. I can't imagine life without him. He's just uh, so wonderful in in every way. Slow, but uh, in my books, there's nothing wrong with that.
0: Okay, well, uh, that was something. I mean, not exactly what you think about when you think of savage beasts, you know, a sloth. I mean, it's got those long nails, but oh well, hope that was interesting for you. But if it wasn't, I've got something even more interesting to share with you because I just found this in my Encyclopedia Pizza, pizza Tanica, and this is mind-blowing. Did you know the pizza, it came from centuries ago when people didn't have enough money for plates? So they'd just put the mushrooms and herbs and cheese and all the delicious stuff on that dough, and they'd eat the whole thing, and then they'd say, "Uh uh-oh, looks like I ate my plate. (laughs) Could you imagine that? That makes a lot of sense. I mean, boy, oh, boy, you'd want to make sure it's pizza and not an actual plate. That's for sure. I bet a few people made that mistake. You know, "Uh uh-oh, that wasn't pizza. Oh, boy, I got to go see the dentist. Anyways, okay, now what am I going to play next? Because I had something set aside here. Oh, there it is. Yes, okay. I found this in a shoebox in the corner of my basement, and it just says, World's Greatest Grandpa. Now, I, I don't know what it is. I don't know why I kept it or what it's from, but I'm dying to hear this, so let's just pop this in, and we'll see what this sounds like. Okay, here we go. Grandpa Bob
1: Thurmond says he should be named World's Best Grandpa, but the evidence shows he rarely falls asleep at the dinner table. His stories aren't particularly boring, and he doesn't smell that weird. Does that sound like a person who should be the world's best grandpa? Meanwhile, Randall Peepaw McGillicuddy is the world's best grandpa candidate with the courage to be everything a grandpa should be. Unlike Grandpa Bob, Peepaw McGillicuddy takes 17 naps a day, constantly tells lame stories about life before computers, and smells like sprouted mung beans 24-7. Now that's a grandpa smell you can trust. So when you vote for world's best grandpa, choose Peepaw. Paid for by the committee to elect Peepaw McGillicuddy. (laughs) Randall McGillicuddy claims to be the world's best grandpa, but let's learn the facts about Peepaw. Peepaw McGillicuddy says he should be world's best grandpa because he wears his pants the furthest above his waist. But the facts show his trousers barely graze his belly button, much lower than Grandpa Bob Thurman, who almost always wears his slacks just below his nipples. Peepaw McGillicuddy says he's been a proud grandparent for over 15 years. But the facts show he's at least 72 years old. What was he doing the other 57 years? Kicking puppies? Yanking out people's eyeballs in bar fights? What are you trying to hide, Peepaw? Peepaw McGillicuddy doesn't deserve to be world's best grandpa. He should be world's best fraud because that's what he is. This year, choose the grandfather who isn't a complete liar. Choose Grandpa Bob. I'm Grandpa Bob Thurmond, and I approve this message. Before we anoint Grandpa Bob Thurmond or Peepaw McGillicuddy the world's best grandpa, let's see what their grandkids say. Peepaw McGillicuddy's grandchildren say he promised to take them to Disneyland, but only if they helped him throw rotten eggs and moldy cheese at Grandpa Bob's house. When they told him no, he threatened to throw away their Christmas presents. And according to his 13-year-old granddaughter, Emily, Grandpa Bob is so obsessed with beating Peepaw McGillicuddy that he forces her to help him make dank grandpa memes, even though he doesn't understand what that means. Even worse, Emily says Grandpa Bob calls them memies, and for some reason only wants to make ones with the minions in them, which he calls those yellow guys because he's never seen the Despicable Me movies. Vandalism? Threats? Making lame memes? Are these the qualities we want in a world's best grandpa? Take it from their own grandkids. The choice is clear. Pick literally anyone else. Paid for by the embarrassed grandkids of Grandpa Bob and Peepaw McGillicuddy. The
0: plot. The plot. <laughs> okay, well... I don't know if we're any closer to finding the world's best grandpa. That was kind of a bit misleading in the name uh, on that one. So, sorry, guys. I guess it's still up for grabs. So, go get him, grandpas. A world's best is still out there for the taking. Okay, so, now, <clears throat> now, let's move forward with the program because I've got something real interesting here, especially if you're somebody that's interested in legal dramas, because that's what this is I'm about to play for you. It's called Fart Justice, Uh, so you can tell it's quite dramatic. Here we go.
3: Order in this court. I will have order. Okay, welcome back to Fart Justice. I'm Judge Geraldine Fart And I'm here to decide if he who smelt it dealt it. Okay, next case, please. Please step forward, Miss uh, Rudy Vaughn Toots. Yes, here, Your Honour. Okay, it says here you were at a family barbecue when you smelt something sour and you blame the defendant, Seymour Rump.
1: Yes, I'm here, Your Honour. Hey,
3: this is my court. You will not interrupt me, Mr. Rump. Okay, Mr. Rump, it says here you were opening a lid off of a container of potato salad and it made an unfortunate noise and smell. Now, I must decide if this is a case of Tupperware or Air. Mr. Rump, explain yourself. Listen,
1: if I tooted, I'd admit it. I'm a farting champion. This is all Rudy. She's so prim and proper. She's trying to cover up her Tommy squeaker.
3: Miss Rudy von Toots, what do you have to say for yourself? I certainly did not do a trouser cough. And now it seems Mr. Rump is changing his story. I mean, wasn't it just a few minutes ago in the court documents he blamed a Tupperware? Your Honor, if it pleases the court, I've brought evidence. And I'd like to enter it into the record as Exhibit A <laughs> This is the pink burp-free Tupperware that contained the potato salad. Your honor, it is it's impossible for this container to make a comparable human fart sound. Oh, Miss Von Toots, I will be the judge of that. Well, Miss Von Tooth, you appear to be right. And if the lid don't squit, you must acquit. So, where did this rogue fart come from? Well, the Tupperware couldn't be the perpetrator. And Mr. Rump, you, sir, are openly gassy. I can smell you from here. And Miss Von Toots, you have come a long way to point the finger. And your prim and proper demeanor means you've got motive to hide what your behind has created. I think we have a case of she who smelt it, dealt it. Judgment for the defendant, Seymour Rump. Miss Vadu, I will not have an outburst like this in my courtroom. Do not do the puff if you can't take the gut. Next case.
0: Okay, hold on, everybody, because I just found another unbelievable fact in my Encyclopedia Tanica. and this book is just incredible. It just keeps on giving. You know what I mean? It's amazing. But this this is a fact that I just found out. Did you know that Americans eat approximately 100 acres of pizza each day? <laughs> Could you imagine? I mean, I'm imagining it's not all in one sitting, you know. But 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 that, that's a, a hundred acres. If, if you had that all laid out on the ground, you'd just be looking out over rolling hills of pizza. What a dream. I hope you enjoyed that pizza-based fact. Now, got a question for you. Who do you think is the most famous detective of all? Anybody? Anyone at all? Shout it out. The most famous detective that I know of is Sherlock Holmes. Oh, yeah, Sherlock Holmes. And so you're probably wondering why I'm just shouting Sherlock Holmes in your ear. It's because this next piece is about Sherlock Holmes. (laughs) Okay, let me see if I can't get this thing fired up.
4: It's quite dark in the office. Let's get the watts on, Watson. Apologies, Sherlock. It appears the electricity is out. Ah, this is what I mean when I tell you electricity is simply a fad. Now then, tell me about this new case. Well, Holmes, it's to do with a song.
5: It's quite vitally important that we find out the name of it.
4: Ah, mysteries afoot. Do we have any clues? Indubitably. Uh, Let's see. They
5: say that the tune goes like this.
4: Hmm, 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 hmm. Hmm, 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 hmm. Hmm, hmm, Well, that certainly sounds quite familiar. Is
5: there any more information? The client said that they remember that they were wearing a
4: cone-shaped hat. Hmm, I'm not familiar with that style of hat. Oh, I have one here, Sherlock. Would you like to wear it? Yes, I suppose it'll get me in the mind of our client. Now, what does it say on this hat? To a special boy on his special day. Hmm. The next thing they remembered was several candles lit in front of them. Ah, now we're getting somewhere. Do we have any candles, Watson? Candles Candles
5: Well, Sherlock, I, I think I may, but unfortunately it appears I've dropped them on top of a chocolate cake, a classic bumble by John Watson. Oh, that is very odd indeed. Well light them anyway. It's for the case. Right away, Holmes. Any ideas on what the song could be called,
4: Holmes? Candlelight feels familiar. Even the cake. The name of the song is on the tip of my tongue. Now,
5: the last clue is a bit of a strange one, Holmes. Hmm. It's a riddle of some kind. An unexpected or astonishing event, fact,
4: or thing. It's not a riddle, Watson. It's a definition. That would be a surprise!
5: Happy birthday, Sherlock.
4: You old dog, you. Mrs. Hudson.
5: I'm your landlady, I am.
4: Mycroft?
5: I'm your brother, I reckon. Moriarty. I'm your enemy, Holmes. I don't like you.
4: Oh, Watson, I'd forgotten it was my
5: birthday. You always do, Holmes. I wanted to give the world's greatest detective a
4: case to solve for his birthday.
5: Now, do you know what the mystery song is, Holmes? Yes,
4: Watson, I believe I do. But I... Much preferred if it was solved for me.
0: Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to
5: you.
0: Okay, well, that, that was strange. I mean, I gotta say, you know, considering Sherlock Holmes is the world's greatest detective, kind of took him a long time to get that song. I pretty much knew what it was right out of the gate, but, you know, I've got an ear for songs, so... Uh, anyways, uh, while that was playing, I've still been thumbing through my Encyclopedia pizza, pizza Tannica, And it says here that there are unlimited toppings that you can put on a pizza. I mean, isn't that amazing? You can pretty much put anything on it. So I've been texting with a few of my friends to just kind of ask, what are your favorite pizza toppings? Uh, so, my pal Chase Finney wrote back and said, My favorite pizza toppings are peanut butter and mushrooms. Well, okay. Well, Chase, <laughs> sticky pizza, really. Sammy Wall, uh, my other pal, wrote and said, You've heard of a Hawaiian pizza that's ham and pineapple. Well, my favorite pizza is a Polynesian, which is ham and mango. Okay, whoa. Well, I guess that's you get the sweet mango. That's okay. I'd try it once anyways. And then finally, my good pal John Milliken, he texted me back and said, my favorite's a cheeseless, meatless, veggie-less pizza. It's called crust. Oh, well, maybe he's joking, but it would be called crust. So now... Let's move on with the show. I do have another piece of audio that I'm excited to play for you. A bit of a mystery piece, really, uh, because it's just labeled Audio About Worms. So let's see what this is. Okay.
4: Welcome to Holes of the Rich and Famous. This week, we tour the home of fabulous actress and worm, Norma Wall. Now let's step inside.
6: Hello, come in. Welcome to my home. I'm Norma Worm. Please wipe your muddy annuli on the mat. Oh, sorry. Where's my head? Annuli are what we call the ringed segments that make up our worm bodies. You can just wipe whatever segment you want on the mat. Now, the first thing you're going to notice about my home is there are a lot of tunnels. Tunnels, tunnels, tunnels. All my tunnels are hand-dug, or I should say mouth-dug. We worms munch and eat our way into the dirt, creating tunnels. Any dirt we can digest, we just secrete as a sticky, slimy mucus that gives our walls this marvelous sheen. Nothing shines like mucus. <laughs> Follow me, keep up. Is my portrait gallery. Here is my favorite portrait of my Aunt Sylvia. She may look a little short to you, but she used to be 13 inches before the, well, the incident. Some kindergartners cut her in half trying to make two worms. Unfortunately, that is a myth, and Sylvia lost the best 10 inches of her life. But she's a survivor. Et voila, my dining room where I eat with all my friends. You know, I'm a great cook. Many people think I wouldn't be because I'm a famous actress. I make rotten dead leaves, lawn-cutting salad, an old banana peel on flambé. And, of course, dirt. I love eating dirt. And my friends can't get enough. Everyone asks for second helpings of dirt. I'll make sure I send you home with a doggy bag. Once we eat the dirt, we burrow deep in the soil and, well... Poo it out (laughs) Everybody does it And our poo contains all sorts of vitamins and nutrients That are good for plant roots As my Aunt Sylvia says It's a dirty job, but somebody's gotta do it Now my crawl of memories Here are my posters from my films Worminator, Worminator 2 They made a bunch more of those, but the first two are the best Worms of Endearment and Wormatooie. That one's about a worm who wants to be a chef. And that's the end of the tour. I've always wanted to pool, but you know what? I'm normal Worm. I can make a pool if I want to. I hope you're hungry. Oh, delicious dirt. This will be marvelous. Excuse me. <laughs> Mm, maybe I'll make a gymnasium too.
0: <laughs> hey, everybody. I'm here. I'm here. Hope you enjoyed that last piece. I'm, I'm just on the phone ordering another pizza. Couldn't help myself. Talked about pizza too much. Gonna get some more. So, anyways, have a great week. Join us next week for another brand new episode of The Plop. Hope you enjoyed. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye. No, no, no. Not bye-bye to you. I'm here. I'd like to order another pizza. Can I get a a mac and cheese pizza? Is that as good as it sounds? Yeah, okay. okay. I'll get a large mac and cheese. And maybe on half of that, can I put some marshmallows on? Well, then that way I can have half of it for dessert. Yeah, okay, okay, so I'll do that. And just out of my interest, how much would you charge uh, for, let's say, 100 acres of pizza?
3: The Plop is hosted and produced by Peter Aldring. Also produced by Pat Kelly, Jody Camilleri, Chris Redman, Dave Shumka, Max Collins, and Chris Kelly. Creative advisors for The Plop? Ali Eisner and Ryan McMahon. The Sloth Walker is written and performed by Paul Tedeschini. World's Best Grandpa is written and performed by Ned Petrie. Fart Justice is written and performed by Emily Elias. Sherlock and Watson is written and performed by Ronald Dario. And Holes of the Rich and Famous is written and performed by Lee Cameron. This week's episode is brought to you by our friends Amy Metisio, Chase Finney, Griff Foxley, John Milliken, Sylvia Mellor and Sammy Wall. The Pup is a Kelly and Kelly production, proudly crowdfunded on Seed and Spark.